Hello and welcome back. This is episode seven and today we've got another copywriter from Auckland. Katrina, how are you doing? Hi Connor, I'm good. How are you? So I'm doing good, thanks. Happy to be back in the office and happy to be back at level one. When this video comes out, it will be two weeks ago since we've been let back to level one. It's exciting. It is. Um, it's the first day, so it is exciting. I know. The time travel thing. I know. It's still very much, it feels like level two, but at least I suppose now we can have bigger gatherings. But. Hey, so just to get into it, can you tell us a bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, and yeah. A bit about that. Um, my name is Katrina Pace. I am a copywriter. Um, and usually people go, you do what? So... <laughs> <laughs> I write words that sell, but I'm also a content writer, so I write words that connect. Um, the Probably one of the different things that I do do is I'm very specialist in what I do. I tend to only work with health and wellness businesses. Um, so most health and wellness businesses out there, they've got a really strong, powerful message, and it's a life changer for people. Um, the problem is they have a real problem getting that message out there. They think that the marketplace is so crowded that they're not going to get heard. They're really fighting to get every single client through the door. Um, but it's not crowded. What they're just trying to do is talk to everybody. So what I do as um, a writing words who sell people is I help them build a really um, powerful brand message. And then I roll that out through web copy, um, emails, um, and through blog content as well so that their business actually flourishes and they can spread the message further they can change more lives um, and that's what I do and I do it from Auckland but actually I work all over the world because of Zoom. <laughs> Amazing so what type of businesses in the wellness space do you work with? All types actually I have a real affinity with working with nutritionists and dietitians because that's actually my background um, as we as we do this, I am still a New, New Zealand registered dietitian um, <laughs> in my other life. Um, however, I don't I'm not a I don't do any kind of dietitian work anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but um, so I have a real affinity for working with dietitians and nutritionists. Um, but really, anything that that um, latches onto people's well-being. So it may be mental health. Um, counsellors, um, life coaches, chiropractors, uh, physios, um, even medical practices, um, trying to think who else, um, even business coaches. Um, so anybody who is really integral with um, dealing with how people feel about themselves, achieving their life goals. So if you ask me to write for IT or finance companies, I'm not in that zone. It, Yes, I could do it, but I, it would take me way too long to research and do get the voice right, get the words right. Um, and there's so many people out there in the wellness space um, or food, um, artisan food producers who need help. Mm -hmm. So, so oh, that, that's really interesting. So, just, so with the focus that you have on the health and wellness space, does that mean that even if you're talking to like nutritionists or um, business coaches, that 
a lot of the frameworks that you use to communicate their message is the same across different roles in that space. Yeah, it is very much. And it actually goes across a lot more spaces. It's just easier for me to channel because those are the clients I knew. How I came into this was, as I said, I'm still a New Zealand registered dietitian and kind of that was 25, over 25 years now. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling my age. But I came into it when I set up my own private practice. And mm-hmm. so I was my clients. I was setting up a private practice. I knew that I had to market my business. I trained in university in the early 90s. So we weren't taught anything about marketing. You were expected to go and work in a hospital. That was it. Or in food service. Um, so marketing your business was something I knew nothing about. And I think it was probably more luck than judgment. I came across some very good copywriters. I came across some very good marketers who kind of sparked my interest and really got me thinking about how, how I was going to market my own business. And then I came across others and they were the majority where I would be reading people's blogs. I'd be reading their articles Um, looking at their their social media posts and I'd be thinking to myself that's just not going to work and the reason I knew it wasn't going to work was because of the psychology so I had worked many years as dietitians we get a lot of training in psychology not as much as psychologists obviously but we have a fairly good grounding in counseling skills behavior change um, health promotion all these kind of health psychology, all those things that made me see that those, those copywriting tips and tricks and techniques and strategies that a lot of people were going out there saying, hit the pain points, it was not going to work. And it was like going at your marketing with a, with a bulldozer. You, the subtleties were missed. Um, and when you're dealing with people who are in pain or at the end of their tether in a really bad, bad spot, those subtleties, I could see they were going to work. So that's where I started. I started incorporating the kind of the, the Seth Godin advice, those kind of things, um, and looking at how to put the health promotion, the health psychology in that. Um, I was also lecturing at Massey University about health literacy at the time. So I knew that messaging had to be clear. Um, so health literacy is not is looking at can people understand the message, but also do they know and can they access the message? So when you put all that into a happy little bundle, it actually turned out I much preferred doing marketing than helping people with their nutrition. <laughs> <laughs> So, so basically you start off trying to solve this problem for yourself. Yeah. And when did you, how did that transition happen to you being like, actually, I can see that other people in this space have the exact same problems. And when did you decide to help them with their messaging? It probably started about three or four years ago that I decided that Oh, I did the classic case of burnout that most middle-aged women do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And what happens most is that most corporate businesses, most people coming from a corporate background, burnout 
by their forties and then they go and become life coaches or chiropractors or those kind of things. Well, I did the opposite. I came from health. I went into marketing. Um, so I'm in my forties. I have a family. I have kids. I have a very large barking dog who at the moment is being very quiet. Um, so I, I wanted something I could do from home um, instead of my practice. And so it was a classic case of burnout. I was, and I actually decided I, I much preferred sitting behind a computer and mm -hmm. typing <laughs> than talking yeah. to people. I want to talk to people in my own terms, but I saw the need there. So yes, I saw the need for my clinical clients, but I actually saw the need. I could help more people by helping the health professionals get out there and, and spread their message. And I saw them making clangers, unfortunately, really, really bad mistakes. And I knew that if I could spread the message about how they could do things, mm -hmm. um, then actually they could, they could change what they're doing. And I think one of the turning points was um, signing up to somebody's emails who was focused on the health group. He was in the States. And I was horrified at just the messaging that he was giving. And I knew that we could do this better. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was just seeing superimposing all my experience on top of each other and then really just getting out there and writing. So um, I was very lucky. I, I kind of swapped into the day job, which was um, as a content writer for Healthy Food Guide magazine. Mm -hmm. um, which carried me through a lot of the beginnings. It taught me some incredible things. So unfortunately, the magazine um, ceased publication um, last year. Um, but the whole process of, first of all, writing for print, where there really is no going back. Once it's in print, it's on somebody's shelf. So you have to be very careful about what you're writing. And I think that's the other thing which people often miss out on is there's a lot that there's a lot of legalities around what you can and can't write, especially for some certified health professionals um, on using things like testimonials. Um, so being able to put the words together in the right way that either connect or they sell mm -hmm. in the wellness field um, is a game changer for many businesses. Um, you can't copy what somebody else has done because they're probably making the same mistakes as well. Mm -hmm. Wow. So how was that transition for you then from going from being a dietitian to saying, you know what, I'm going to put my career on hold and I'm going to try something brand new. Did you like have a slow transition out of it or was it like, uh, okay, that's it. On to the next well, thing. Um, no, I think I wrote, um, I wrote my first paid blogs and I wrote my first unpaid website. Um, and then about two weeks later, shut my practice. Wow. <laughs> um, I literally, I think I got to the end of the year and I went, that's it. I, I can't do this anymore, but I've seen, an, I've seen a niche um, and I can make this work. So um, it was a fairly rapid turnover. Um, I think I spent the summer break um, just going, right, okay, how is this going to work? Who am I going to reach out to? Um, what, what's my point of difference? How am I going to do this? And 
luckily it all came together um there wasn't really a backup plan um having said that again kind of i've got a husband who works so but the goal with the business was always to build it into something that was i wasn't doing it as a sideline i wasn't doing it just because the kids were at school this was this was a business and i think one of the other things i one of the things I realized quite early on was I needed to know my market very, very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that still, it, it's the starting point for all the work I do is just getting to know the clients. Um, I've said from the beginning, if I do my, my job correctly, you don't know that I exist because I'm talking with my client's voice, but I'm talking the words that their clients want to hear. Mm-hmm. So it's all about kind of knowing your market, tone of voice, how they say things, how your clients are going to say things. Mm-hmm. Um, because so many of my clients came to me and they didn't know who they were talking to. They didn't know who their target market was. Mm-hmm. They didn't have any avatars. They didn't have any feel for who their people were. And right from the beginning, I did that. And I realized that there were the people who just wanted to say, Katrina, come in, write my website, do it for me. Can't do it. Um, and that's still the majority of them. But there's the people who where I was. And I think that was very close to, to my heart was that um, I wanted to be able to provide services for people who couldn't afford me. They were just starting their business. Um, they didn't have the cash flow. And so for years, I've had online courses. Um, mm-hmm where people can actually, I, I'll, I coach them, I show them how to write blogs. Um, I show them how to write their website copy. And so, um, and then I've teamed with, with um, an online training academy called the Helpful Academy. And I have co- um, courses hosted with, with Kat um, Soper from the Helpful Academy, where people can go in and they can, they can have the courses, they can buy the templates, because that's where I began. And I just took it off on a completely different trajectory. <laughs> but there are people who can't afford to go out there and hire somebody to do it. They need to do it themselves. And some people, as I still do, just want to do it because you're a complete nerd about these things and just want to be able to do it. That is so amazing. And honestly, that is fantastic because I feel like when I started my freelancing, one of the big things that I wanted to do was help people who were just starting their businesses because that's what I was most excited about. But that it's very hard to sometimes justify the drop in revenue um, because they just don't have the cash to do it. So online courses just sounds like a fantastic mm-hmm. way to spread that message. Yeah. Um, okay, so I have one more question about your business and that is like relevant to COVID. So a lot of mm. businesses were negatively impacted by COVID because you're in the wellness space, did that have any positive impact or how did COVID impact your copywriting? Yeah, I was, I was quite lucky that I had projects which had, because it all flipped into level four so quickly, I had projects already set up. I did have a couple of pull, mm-hmm. um, but actually for me, it, it didn't have that much impact. What I noticed though, which was really interesting was that I was getting requests from clients for email copy. So all of a sudden they went, oh, well, no, nobody's calling me to make appointments. I can't, I sh- can't go out there and attract new clients, but 
I've got people who are um, people with recipes or online exercises. Mm-hmm. Um, their lead magnets were doing beautifully. And so they suddenly realized they actually needed to nurture their current clients. So the people who are on their email list. And so that was quite an interesting reflection, um, kind of looking back over level four and three, um, mm-hmm. that a lot of people were were communicating more with the clients they had rather than going to seek new clients. Mm-hmm. However, then about two or three weeks ago, when we were kind of in level three and everything seemed to be going okay, the website queries have just stormed in. <laughs> so people going, oh, I really need, if you're not online, I think we've just all learned that somehow you need to be online at the moment. Mm-hmm. And going forward, it's, it's a, if you're not there, you need to be there. So a lot of my businesses did struggle, especially those face-to-face businesses. A lot of them just, I hate the word, pivoted, transitioned, reflected changed um how they did their services amazingly well and i think it really goes to show kind of a what you can do on zoom um and also how people do um think on their feet so quickly and cleverly um i think everybody's starting to breathe again though i'm very happy we're in level one Mm -hmm. so hopefully that's going to stay So um, one key reason why I wanted to talk to you is because recently I put a question out on the forum, which was, hey, what are like your ways of finding clients? And I thought that you had one of the best answers. Can you tell us a bit about what your strategy is to find clients? I get about 75% of my clients from, it was four, it's now three Facebook groups. Um, and before anybody sits and goes, Oh, your email list. Yes. I get them off there onto my email list, but I, um, I'm a member of a couple of different, um, Facebook groups and they are all, they are all people who I want as clients, basically. Um, two of them are in the States. Um, one of them's here in New Zealand. And what I do is I go on there and I answer, I answer questions. I, um, I offer value. I don't promote myself at all, apart from kind of if they have a promotion day. Um, but people come up consistently with marketing questions with what should my tagline be? Why am I blogging? How should I be blogging? And so by developing a, a reputation, as an authority and an expert on these platforms, I have, as I said, I get about 75%. Um, I got my first major website, um, somebody's wife happened to be a member of of a free group um, and went, oh, you're in that niche. Um, So it's going on and adding value. Um, During COVID, I had one day where I was just feeling so miserable (laughs) in level four, I just, words are creative and if you're not feeling it you can't write so i went on to one of the groups and i said right i've got an seo tool do you want to know what keywords you're ranking for you've got between kind of 10 a.m and 2 p.m put your link below and i'll I'll tell you what keywords you're ranking for and that kept me going for about eight hours 
<laughs> um, but it was amazing. It was so much, I was giving back. So it was so much fun for me to do because I just wasn't in a space where I could do anything creative. So it's, I've done that with about pages, put um, on another day where I was just like, can't write. Um, and it really fires me up because I think I went on and I said, right, about pages, really amazing. Put yours on, I'll critique it. I'll give you three points. And yeah, that kept me going for about another eight hours. But I'm doing these things because I want to be doing it. So I'm not doing it because I want to sell. I'm doing it because I want to be doing it. I'm doing it because I know the information I've got is helpful, it's useful, and it can get somebody out of a ditch. Mm -hmm. So I nurture these groups and I make time to go in and see what conversations are going on. I was in the States last year. Um, I went and got the, um, the story brand um, certified guide training in the, in the States, which was absolutely amazing going from midwinter New Zealand to hottest day of the year in Tennessee. It was hideous. <laughs> There's a reason I live in Auckland. Um, <laughs> but I was able to sit down with, the the person who runs one of the american groups she lives in in um in nashville and this is a group with thousands in it and because of the value that had gone in she wanted to meet me um so yes the majority of my work comes from being helpful to other people mm -hmm. in facebook yeah and so that that's amazing and that's such a great way to do it, just to go in there, add value, and just be helpful without expecting anything in return. Yep. That's amazing. Um, one other thing, so besides doing that, one other thing that I saw that you do on your website when I was researching it was that you have like a lead magnet on your website. How has that kind of worked for you? It works really well, and um, I've just... I've just done a massive upgrade to my website <laughs> yeah. and I flipped from Weebly eight years of Weebly to rocket spark. Finally did local. <laughs> nice. um, and the, the abilities that kind of being able to host things like lead magnets on the website, but it works really well because um, it gives people the, the ability to get to know me. So yeah, the lead magnets good, but it's emails. Mm -hmm. that come after it and in fact just before i was on this call in one of the emails in the sequence it i asked people to call say how are you getting on with this let me know and people email me and they say well actually i'm having a bit of problems doing this bit it's it's kind of a workbook type opt-in mm -hmm. um and it really gets that communication going which is people then feel they know me mm -hmm. um and if you know somebody you're going to do business with them so they can they can get to know me i've mm -hmm. got videos of interviews like this mm -hmm. up on the web, website as well but the the opt-in as long as you get the right one and that's that's the 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 trick is to get the right one change them some change them up a bit mm -hmm. um, but it works well for people to get to know me mm -hmm. um, and usually actually they end up going for the courses but some people have got who stalk me all over the place um and then become stalk me for like six eight months and then become clients mm -hmm. um one thing that I, I i love your attitude about the value that you create for people without expecting anything in return and this is something that i think a lot of people don't do and the main reason why people 
don't do it is because they fear that they are giving away stuff for free. They're sharing everything. They're basically giving away what they know. And they fear that if they do that, that they, why would anyone need to come to you? What would you say to people like that? If you, okay, here's a, here's a sneaky secret. I have a course um, called the Confident Business Blogger. If you do the challenge that I do, I run kind of three or four times a year. And if you then go and read my blogs, you've got the course. (laughs) You do get a bit, obviously, you do get extra in the course and you get videos and you get the proper work, but all those kind of things. The reason is, is that going out, yes, there's constantly throwing value at people as in kind of the, the Amy Porterfield style which is just so overwhelming. I, you can only do that if you've got a massive team. But you will always have people who go, that's awesome. Now, can you go and write that blog for me? Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, that's really great. And I see exactly what you're doing. Can you write that for me? Because actually, I can't. I don't want to. I've now seen how difficult it is. I've got too much on my plate. So... Yes, you're giving away value, but what you're giving away is trust. Mm -hmm. So you're enabling people to trust you. So when they, when they do realize it's harder than it looks. So many of my basic packages, people will then come back and go, Oh, you need to do the rest of it for me, Katrina. And they work out that kind of, they've seen what can be produced or it's given them the skills to go and do the rest themselves. So, I'm not about the sales. Obviously, it's important because otherwise I don't have a business. But um, I think it's a really important way of getting the right clients as well. Mm-hmm. So I want somebody who I love working with people who are really clear about their services, what they want to do. They just can't find the words to get it out there. Mm-hmm. And so by giving away that value, they know how I can help them and so they're not scared off by some of the things that might come up or they know they're getting a really good service mm-hmm. that's great that that is that, that is so good to hear I love that you said it's about enabling people to trust you because that is really what it comes down to at mm-hmm. the end of the day it's like by giving people that type of value you actually build a relationship with someone which sets the foundation for maybe or maybe not working together in the future. Exactly. And, and it's really important because obviously you don't, you don't want to do something that's websites are terribly personal, especially to kind of the solo business owners or the small clinics. It's what they do. Their, their website is like this public face of what they do. And if you get it wrong, they are shamed by it and it's crippling for them. Um, So we work together until we get it right. Usually we get it right within kind of one or two edits, but it's really important for me that, that they feel like they've got, they've got their money's worth. They've, they've got what they came for. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's value. And that's happy people who can go and work, be happy, have happy families and it just, it just promotes them, makes them feel good. That is fantastic. 
So there's so many more things that I want to talk to you about when it comes to this. I'm like, I, I, it's so good. But um, I usually reserve this last part of the interview to talk about um, pro tips for up and coming copywriters and freelancers. And I think that there's already so many amazing takeaways, but I've got a few, um, few quick questions to go through um, that hopefully help someone who's thinking about becoming a copywriter um, get started. So the first question that I have is, what is something that you've learned about being a copywriter or running your own copywriting business that you wish you would have known right at the beginning when you started? I think, I think if I could go back and say, Katrina, sit down and think about this. I think I, I think I would, I was always very clear on my market and that's probably one of the mistakes I see people making, which actually I didn't make. So I wouldn't be having that conversation with my past tense person, but is knowing, know who you're writing for. Yes, you can write for everybody. Um, a lot of the time we make the mistake on niching on people or business types, but you can niche on problem. So what is the problem that you fix? And you can write for everybody, but you're talking to so many people. So if you can niche on a specific problem that you fix or a specific group of people that you work with, it just makes life easier. What I would have told myself was build your email list quicker. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think every marketing person has probably had that conversation in their head. It's just like, oh, should have started that one quicker because I needed to be clearer on the packages that I offered. So I offer three, three main buckets of services on my websites, the emails, the blogs, the websites, but I actually do a heap more than that. So I do, I build rocket spark sites. I write media kits, but I don't need to talk to that. If I talk to the main things I do, then it will, other people will come. So I think making sure that people are really clear on what problem they're solving or who they're solving it for um, really helps any person starting up in, in business. The second thing is if you're a copywriter, just write. <laughs> Don't wait for a contract before you write, just write, blog make the mistakes. Um, if you don't have a portfolio, I never had a portfolio. I think I've, I've got some examples of websites on my website now, but I never had a portfolio. Yes, you will be asked for these things. So fake it. So I think at one point I thought, mm, maybe I should. And so I wrote play emails. I wrote email sequence out of made up out of my head for businesses. I I had these as examples that I, I could give to, to clients or if you're um, freelancing with agencies. So if you don't have anything to give, make it up, just go and write um, and you will learn all that by writing and nerding out on good people like Seth Godin. <laughs> Amazing. And so one quick question I have about it. Now that you've like established yourself in the health and wellness space, do you still accept work from other industries or do you focus purely on health and wellness? That's like your number one criteria for people to work with you. 
I, um, yes and no. So I have ended up doing some random projects um, for other businesses, but they've still been aligned with very much putting their customer first. So um, probably about 80, 90% of the work I do is in health and wellness or food. Um, the rest of it, um, yes, is, is from people who, e-commerce is, is growing. Um, so, but again, still in the health and wellness field. I think because that's who I talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, but any business that isn't directly in that, that field is really um, the, the common the common theme is that they're people who um, really put their, their customer first. They're really keen on knowing their customer journey, um, mm-hmm. how to make those touch points with them, how to, how to make the words connect. Mm-hmm. Don't do IT. <laughs> no, actually, I found I out the other day. That language. <laughs> I actually found out the other So we had um, two people recently join the Unicorn Factory who do something called technical writing. Yes. And I think... That's something like a whole different, it it's is. like a whole different ball game. It like is. you're and it's writing. And, and I just, I'm never going there because it's, it's not what I know. And okay, you can say, well, it's boring doing the things you know. No, because I know, I really know how to write for health and wellness. Um, yeah. the flipping into a completely different way of talking about things I have no idea about. It's not mm-hmm. going to happen. <laughs> Yeah. So um, one thing that you briefly touched on is um, that you package your services. Um, If um, people get into copywriting, I think what a lot of people do is they say, um, let's start off with like an hourly rate. What do you think is a way that copywriters can price their services in a way that allows them to build a business where they're potentially not trading time for money or basically puts them in a good position to grow their business? Yeah. Very early on, I read an amazing PDF, um, which was all about, it was, I think it was called something like breaking the pricing barrier. It was something like that. It was a free, free download from FreshBooks. And it was just amazing. It talked about, um, all about value-based know your hourly rate. So I've been working with a pricing coach. I know what my, my, of hourly rate to achieve my goals is but what i found was my clients wanted to know how much this was going to cost mm-hmm. um yes i had all the spiel about the value that they get and then they go okay cool um but actually they didn't want to know how how many hours because there's always that thing at the back of my mind going are you really wasting time like am i paying for you to go and make yourself a cup of coffee mm-hmm. so it was a lot it's about knowing your clients and what they want. So my clients wanted to know the bottom line. What was it going to cost them to get the outcome that they wanted? And so I packaged everything together. Um, and as I said, I, I kind of, I researched value-based pricing really early on and it works really, really well, not just for kind of how you lay out your sales pages, but how you talk to your clients as well. I do. You can buy me for half an hour, half a day. Um, yeah. <laughs> as long as I can sit here in my office in Auckland. Um, but people do. People will go, Katrina, I just want you to do this, 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 and this. And I want half a day and we'll see how long it takes you. And I do it. 
Um, usually I do it with people I've, I've been working with for a while, but um, trying to get away from kind of the, the thinking about how much do I charge an hour? And if you sell your package, then it's a lot clearer often for your clients to know what they're getting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. So it's, um, want to wrap it up with one last question and you've already touched on that a few times as well. What are some like great books, podcasts or people that you have followed that have influenced you in becoming the copywriter that you are today? Long list. Um, okay. Probably the first one. And I'm, I have still have no idea how I actually became aware of him. Um, is Seth Godin. Huge fan. Um, and in fact, there was somebody in Auckland who recent, like within the last six months has got rid of all their books. I found them in an op shop and I was just like, you you just can't get rid of these things. I think from his, I've got one of them, it's like 10 years old and it's still totally relevant today about knowing your niche, knowing your tribe, absolute gold in there. Um, podcasts. Um, one of the podcasts I listened to a lot was called Hot Copy um, by a, a British girl in, in Australia, in the Australian who went to America. So that's Belinda Weaver and Kate Toon. And Kate Toon is an absolute SEO whiz. Belinda Weaver is incredible. So the Hot Copy podcast was fantastic. But there are actually two other Facebook groups. Um, one of them called um, the Copywriters Cafe, um, and one called oh, can't quite remember now. No, nope, it's gone. There you go. Um, they're two really positive um, Facebook groups where you can go on and get feedback, and you just read, and they're just um, they're they're really good resources. Um, they've got podcasts too. Uh, David Garfinkel. Um, so they, and then they loop back to other nuggets and gems of wisdom and all those kind of things. So I definitely say hot copy is a great place to start. Um, and even the um, SEO recipe for success, it, which is another Kate tune, were just um, real eye openers. As soon as you write for digital, you've, you've got to know SEO. Um, yeah. That was amazing. We have gone over by quite a bit. And honestly, it was so many amazing insights. So Katrina, thank you so much for taking the time this morning to talk a bit about what you do and so many great takeaways. I always kind of take notes of things that I want to mention in the um, little intro spiel and it's packed with like little takeaways that I've got. So honestly, I appreciate everything that you have shared with us. If someone wants to get in touch with you, find out a bit more about what you do or potentially hire you, how can we find you? Uh, my website is um, wordsforwellness.com. Um, I think if you Google health copywriter, I am now number one. As the Rush told me the other day, that's a new website for you. Um, yes, or you Words for Wellness on Facebook. You can always contact me there too. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. This was a a fantastic talk. and I I loved every moment of it. And honestly, I can't wait to publish this. Um, Everyone else, 
I hope you enjoyed it as well. There'll be links to all the mentioned websites down below. Other than that, I hope you have a fantastic day and I'll see you back for the next episode. Bye.